Andy McCarl, and on today's show, we will be previewing the Oscars that takes place next Sunday on the 12th of March. And it is my honor, my pleasure, my privilege to welcome the editor of Geek Ireland and a woman who is always red carpet ready. It's Olivia Fahey. Olivia, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know what? I'm actually just looking at all of my sparkly dresses for an event later on. So you've timed that uh, that comment about being red carpet <laughs> ready very well. If you we're going to be going through all of the, the major categories and picking who we think will win and who we think should win. But before that, is there any glaring omissions for you? Anyone you feel unfairly has missed out here? Honestly, no. (laughs) I actually think they got it pretty spot on this year. Like there had been a few other names that were being thrown about in the build up to the nominations coming out. So I know a lot of people were actually disappointed not to see Tom Cruise being nominated for Best Actor. But at the end of the day, he was good. But the people that have actually been nominated were better. So I actually think that for one of the first times... I was perfectly content with with how they did the nominations. Were you surprised not to see Michael Flatley in there for Blackboard? I thought he could have got a a couple of nominations. Oh my goodness. You know what? I was more surprised not to see him in the Razzies. (laughs) 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 That would have been more, I was more surprised about that. Um, I know, honestly, like, I think you and I were in agreement that we would be watching Blackbird on repeat for years to come. (laughs) Definitely. Bones for me, I I thought the Northman should have got a nod. I really, really enjoy that. Brian and I know Charles. you do, but you're wrong. <laughs> I'm really not. Even for Best Director, I'm surprised he didn't get a, a nod because Robert Eggers is kind of a, an Academy darling now. Or Empire of Life, speaking of Academy darling, Sam Mendes, who's, who's won a couple of Oscars himself. That didn't get any love at all. And I really, really enjoyed that film. Yeah, it didn't actually get much love. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Throughout the majority of the, the award season, even though it kind of seemed like it was one of those Hollywood darling films. Um, I think what happened there is that it probably was too similar to The Fablemans. And The Fablemans was just the kind of like nostalgic look at, you know, a kid growing up loving making films and, you know, growing up to be Steven Spielberg. So I think when people were sort of looking at it, they were almost pitching the two of them to get like against each other. And they went Fablemans as opposed to Empire of Light. And I think you had Babylon in the mix there. It was kind of like this was the our year's deep impact in Armageddon, where we had three films in the space of two weeks that were like, you know, love letters to cinema, to, to use that phrase that was used to death. From a selfish standpoint, for me, I think getting greedy, we saw, obviously, we're going to talk about Colleen Q and A Quiet Girl being nominated. But I thought maybe Colin Bird as the director or writer might have got one or, you know, Catherine Clinch as, as Kate or Carrie Crowley, maybe for a supporting actress one. Maybe that's just me being greedy when I saw the the international nod. Why why didn't we get more? Do you think any of them kind of merited looking at that list? Maybe could have slipped in 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 place of somebody else? Actually, 100%, I think Colm definitely could have snuck in there. A bit like, um, wasn't it All Quiet in the Western Front's director um, for the BAFTAs did? I think we had a really good chance of Colm doing the same with the Oscar nominations. Um, But at the end of the day, when you sort of see who's been nominated for best director it is a hard group it is a really tough category to the point that I am kind of torn as to who even I would want to win and even though I would have loved to have seen Colin's name in there I do think that it's such a competitive category that it would have been a really tough sell for him to get it yeah Okay, fair enough. Again, I think it's us being greedy. We, we've got an inch and we're trying to take a mile here. We've no, <laughs> exactly. we've no shortage of Irish nominations <laughs> this year for a change. Um, just one thing, another category that's kind of stood out for me as well is, is animated feature, which for me has probably three of the best films I've seen in, in the last year. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. I'm delighted I got that right first time. That was my first five-star <laughs> I, film of the year. I'm we- I'm like, well done because it is such a tongue twister <laughs> to say. <laughs> And the, the the big surprise for me, Puss in Boots, The Last Witch, which was absolutely fantastic. Like it, was it the fifth film in the Shrek series now? I wasn't expecting to pull that, you know, their own version of Fast Five essentially with that one. I know, and considering it's been so long since the first Puss in Boots film came out, which a lot of people don't even know there was a first Puss in Boots <laughs> film, um, it was so unbelievably surprising. And I think what really set it aside from all of the previous iterations of. The, from the from the Shrek fan, franchise was the fact that it had such a new and special animated style. It was just nothing like what we'd seen from the franchise before, and that's what really set it aside from everything else. It just made it something special. 
and like the script helped but yeah just from a, a visual standpoint you were just drawn in in a way that you hadn't really been done with the first with the first installment basically I, I haven't even seen the first installment but i just i like the fact that you know director Joel crawford like yeah no i'll make a box standard film and then delivering this kind of existential crisis about morality and what it is to be you know a person and living your life to the fullest and i was like oh my god like you you really went further than anyone was expecting on that one. Oh, definitely and i think like for people that are in kind of like our age bracket it's kind of something you can relate to because you know um like for, for those listening like i'm in my like getting towards my mid-30s now and it's like you can just sort of feel like the aches sort of like creeping in and I, i'd gone for a massage recently and your one had to apologize to me at the end because she was like oh no there's so many knots i couldn't actually get them out and i was walking hunched over like an old lady because i was just like ow <laughs> it's like you do start to notice like the body does start to fail after a number of years so you're just like oh oh this is happening oh this this is aging and just when watching like Puss in Boots where he has that kind of realization of oh maybe I'm not going to live forever it's like I found that so relatable <laughs> you've timed that perfectly because it got disclosure the reason I was late for this call is that I was at a physio getting electrolysis on my shoulder my neck my back everything that's <laughs> just completely falling apart but yeah I could do with an extra a few lives like Puss in Boots there the first category I'm going to get into uh, is best supporting actor so I'm going to give you a list of the nominees here we've got Ki Hong Kwan for Everything We Were All At Once Brendan Gleeson for Banshee of Inishirin, Barry Cowan also for Banshees of Inishirin, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, and Brian Tree Henry for Causeway. So, Olivia, who do you think will win in that category, and who do you hope wins? Uh, Kei Juan will win. Uh, everything ever all at once. He has just been a juggernaut throughout this award season so far. I would be very surprised if he doesn't win it, especially considering he won the SAG Award there recently. Um, who should win? It is hard to say that Kay shouldn't win, but um, Barry. I think Barry Kogan hands down was probably the best performance overall in that category they're all absolutely fantastic in their respected roles Barry's just hits home a little different and especially that scene between himself and Kerry Condon by the lake talking about how like oh would you ever consider you know going out with someone like me and she's like oh I'm sorry Dominic no he doesn't have to utter a word but you can see the thought being processed like all over his face at every single stage as what she said is sinking in and he doesn't even say anything for a few moments and then he goes oh right and your heart just absolutely shatters and I think that moment alone he should just like that should be the winner right there he does have an outside chance he's the only person to have won best supporting actor when Kei Huan has been nominated against him so you know, who knows? They could be like the look of the Irish could be with him on the night. Um, but I do think that because both he and Brendan are in the same category, it does tend to be a a tradition that people will their votes will end up being split. What like even if they liked them both, they'd be like, I can only give the vote to one of them. So it might be a case of that they just don't get enough votes singularly, purely because they're both in the same category. Um, so I think Juan will win, but I think Barry should. I think you made a great point there about uh, Barry's performance because that would have been so easy to do the kind of Charlie Brown wah, 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 and like you know you see him going really, really sad and he, he has that that great line there goes that dream and I know that clip went went oh. viral again recently. My heart. But, but it's even the fact that after we see what happens, there's still that ambiguity. It's like did did he actually did he kill himself? Did what happened? And I think it's because his performance is so subtle, especially in that scene, that the ambiguity plays into it. I will say, I think Brendan Gleeson has been given a kind of a short shrift here. I think he's really, really good in that and just has received absolutely zero buzz. It's just kind of the, the Colm and Brendan having the crack on the red carpet show as opposed to him being a realistic contender in any way. But what's interesting is that when the film screened in Venice, everybody was going absolutely berserk for Brendan's performance. And it wasn't until uh, all the press screenings for the actual release were coming out that suddenly everyone went, hang on a minute, like, how come nobody was talking about Barry in this? Like, this is a, a brilliant performance. And ever since then, more and more people have been kind of like, yeah, do you know what? I think that was better. We're not saying that Brendan was terrible and that he wasn't as good as he is in the film. It's just a case of, I think, Barry's was just so much more surprising to people. It had, like, it is just a standout moment in the film and it's a standout performance. I think Gleason's is just that kind of level of subtlety, subtle brilliance. Um, that just kind of gets a little bit overshadowed by something like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Brian Tree Henry, you're winning the award for I can't believe you've been nominated here and I forget about you every time I, I look at this category. Watch really? Judd Hirsch will win this now. 
who knows? Like everyone loves the the up and comer Hollywood story, but then that's why I'm kind of like, well, Barry's like that as well. So who knows? I'll agree with you. I think I think Keith Kwan is going to win this, but again, I would love to see Barry win, and I I loved his speech as well at the Baftas. I thought that was really really good. Yeah, his little face, he was just like, I'm really nervous. And I'm just like, Jesus, the only time I've ever seen him nervous. The next category we have here is Best Supporting Actress. And the nominees are Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Kerry Condon for Banshees of Inishirin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Hong Chow for The Whale, and Stephanie Hazu for Everything Everywhere All at Once. So, Olivia, who do you think is going to take home the trophy on the night? Oh, I'm so torn with this. Because I actually think that every single one of them are really deserving of it. Um, I think it's a three-horse race. It's either going to be Bassett, Condon, or Curtis. Who I want to win? Honestly, I want all of them to win. And who do I think sh- like will win? I think it could be any of them. So I'm, I'm just so torn in this category. I don't know what way is up. <laughs> like That's how, bad, how torn I am. I think I'm shocked Angela- looking at the odds that Angela Bassett... Like, Angela Bassett, is it like a runaway favor here and i know she has that that great speech and obviously the the film has been tinged with tragedy and that's you know not to be cynical that will play into its favor but that aside is that a fantastic performance in that film yes shut up yes <laughs> well, End of story. Is, is, is it an oscar winning performance <laughs> yes as well, i think because it's in a in a marvel film that people do kind of discount it but there are moments of absolute pure class and pure passion that do come from performances in these films but because they are more pop culture that it just doesn't sit the same way as something like Kerry Condon's performance in uh, The Banshees of Inisherin. so I would actually say that Angela Bassett like if she's the running favourite it is dead right I walked out of seeing um, Wakanda Forever and I went that's an Oscar winning performance not an Oscar nominated performance an Oscar winning performance so you agree it, that Angela Bassett did the thing she did the thing <laughs> hands down did the thing I think Stephanie Hsu have been really, really underrated in this. I I came out of that film and I thought, well, that's the one you might get. And I didn't. I never in a million years thought it would get the amount of nominations that it did. But that was one I thought, oh, she might sneak a, a supporting actress. I thought she was absolutely fantastic, considering she's playing like about fifteen different versions of herself, and they're all very distinctive. I'm kind of surprised she's like as low down on that list as she is. Yeah, I think she was actually one of the surprise nominees as well. Um... I know a few other people had, oh, I for, actually forget now at this point who uh, who was on the list that people thought was going to get nominated. Um, but overall, I think what sets Jamie Lee's performance aside compared to Stephanie's is just that kind of... Hmm, I actually can't even think of the words mm-hmm. here. Jamie Lee has been around the block. like She knows exactly what she's doing. And it, her performance just had that layer of this is just more natural. There were moments that I think, as brilliant as Stephanie is in the film, a lot of the bits just didn't flow as nicely as Jamie's did when cutting through all the different characters. So as much as I think she was absolutely brilliant, I can kind of see why Jamie Lee is the one getting more of the accolades because, of course, Jamie Lee also just won the the SAG Award um, over... I think Stephanie was nominated in that one as well. So... You, you can just sort of see that there are just those little layers where you're, when you're just sort of like, uh, like Jamie's a pro and Stephanie, as much as she's a brilliant, brilliant actress, I think she just has that little bit more growth left in her to be, you know, a winner. Do you think this could be a kind of a, a case of the, you know, the Martin Scorsese departed Oscar for Jamie Lee Curtis where it's, you know, a career one as opposed to one just specific for that performance? No, I actually do think it's probably one of the best things she's done. Um, overall, it is just that weird, wonderful quirkiness that I think showcases more of who she is as opposed to who the, the characters that she plays. And she was able to lean into that a little bit more and people liked seeing that from her. So as much as, yeah, okay, it could be if she does win, some people might see it that way. But I actually do think it is still a deserving one if she does win. This is the category where I was like, we're missing Olivia Coleman for Empire Light here. I thought she was absolutely fantastic in that. And that's one of those where you watch her, you just go, yeah, you are the best actress in Actually, the world. Actually, you could have jumped opinion. in when I said I can't remember who the other actress was that <laughs> we're talking about. That's exactly who it was. It was Olivia Coleman. Have you seen Empire of Light? Yeah. Oh, I, she was 
unbelievable that and I, I can't believe she hasn't been nominated. Like, you know, she's just brilliant. We get rid of in there. She's just brilliant like at everything. She's just absolutely wonderful person. She does Olivia's proud. <laughs> I, why did I open my stupid mouth? <laughs> right. So Yeah, you set me right up for that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's pick time now. Who do you think will win and who do you think should win? I hate you so much right now. Okay, nothing to do with, I, that's nothing to do with this. That's just in general. No, that's just in general. <laughs> okay, I think Angela Bassett will win. And I think Angela Bassett should win. There, Ooh. I've said it. I've said it. Okay, I will say... I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Jamie Lee Curtis will win. But I think Stephanie should have win. Sh- should have win? Should have win. That's it. <laughs> that's a, a technical term we use for award shows. It's called a should have win. A should have win. <laughs> It's when somebody wins, but the other one, I should have win. <laughs> the next category we have, moving on, <laughs> on the should have wins, best actress. <laughs> this one seems about as closed shop as possible here. You can still laugh away in the background there. We're going to ask oh, for a should have win on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, now, hilarious that you say it's a closed book. I don't think it is. This is oh. a two horse race. It's not just a single, you know, lone horse way out in the front. I think Michelle Yeoh could take this. Very easily, especially again. I always find that the SAG Awards are the best indicator for who might actually win at the Oscars because the pool for the SAGs and the Oscars are practically the same. So the fact that everything everywhere all at once pretty much swept the acting boards, I would be very surprised not to see Michelle take this. Kate Blanchett, like in Tar, spectacular performance in what I would actually say is probably a lousy film. That tends to actually be her forte. Like, I don't know what you thought of Blue Jasmine. I wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, I I wasn't a big fan of her and of Carol either. And like, she just tends to pull out these absolutely brilliant performances in films that would be kind of below par to what she's bringing to it. Um, Like, I know she won for Catherine Hepburn in The Aviator, um, which I actually thought was spectacular. And the irony is, is that if she does win the Oscar, that's going to put her on three Oscar awards, which will tie her with Catherine Hepburn for... Uh, wins, which I think is just brilliant. You always bring me the very best facts. I do. It, well, when it comes to Oscar season, this is literally one of those topics that I just love talking about. So <laughs> I know all the facts. Um, yeah, I, it's between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. I they're both very deserving. Um, yeah, it, I'd say it does lean heavily, more heavily in Kate Blanchett's favor, um, based on the win winning streak that she's had. Um, but Michelle now winning the SAG Award, she could sneak it, and rightly so. I think Michelle Yeoh was absolutely spectacular in Everything Everywhere. So, yeah, two-horse race, I think, Andy. I think you're wrong. I think Blanchett is a lot for it, but I think you could be onto something there in regards to momentum. I think if we start seeing a couple of, you know, the, the below-the-line awards, shall we say, going Everything Everywhere all at once as way, this could be built, and this could be, you know, a, a night where they take home, you know, eight or nine Oscars kind of become this big success story after like, oh, I didn't realize there was, there was even nominated for that many. A couple of the I other... I was going to say, ahead. actually, and the fact that the film came out nearly a year ago, it's actually one of the um, the earliest releases to to qualify for the 2023 Oscars that has ever been nominated. Because it came out... I'm shocked it's doing as well. Like, I remember seeing yeah. that and going, no one will get this at all. It'll be half will hate this, half will love this. I'm shocked, especially awards shows, like so many heaping praise on for, you know, essentially an art house Doctor Strange multiverse of madness movie. Yeah, because it came out around the same time and then suddenly everyone was just like, oh, this is what Doctor Strange should have been. Mm. A couple of the other nominees there. We've got Anna Darmus, who Colin Farrell, I'm sure he would like to see her take home the award (laughs) and then probably take her home as well for for Blonde, which was just a horrendous film. I actually couldn't even bring myself to watch it, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I was was watching it in 15, 20 minute increments for what felt like about six months. Michelle Williams and the fave ones. I'll be honest, I thought she was dreadful in that. She played the whole thing like she was too Xanax deep, this kind of wide-eyed, oh my god, gee shucks, I love her. It, it but, was just it was a weird was. performance. But, but the character, that yeah, that was supposed to be like that. And then Andrea Riseborough <laughs> into Leslie, who basically got nominated off this kind of, can you explain this, this weird, essentially viral marketing nomination she got? Yeah, essentially... The way that the the Oscars work is that you are supposed to kind of like have all of these like meetings and luncheons and essentially like whore yourself out to try and get votes. Um, 
and you have like a, an official like campaign plan in place usually with the studio and with PR companies and all that jazz. Um, she did did none of it, <laughs> but um, her team somehow managed to, you know, get something in place that was outside of the the normal route that people would usually take to do to get a nomination. And yeah, because like even when they when her name was announced, the the audience that was there was literally going, oh. <laughs> They're like, what? How did that happen? Um, she's not one that could sneak it because there has been so much publicity about the whole thing. Other people who may not have even known about her would probably be like, well, now I'm going to see what all the fuss is about. And who knows? They might be like, yeah, she's the best. It's it's an odd one because like the first I heard was like Ed Norton posting something on Instagram and then Nicole Kidman pretty much posted the same thing word for word. And I, I haven't, the film hasn't been released here yet. I've seen clips of it on YouTube. But it looks like an SNL piss take of an Oscar performance. Like, it looks like something if you saw on RuPaul's Drag Race, RuPaul would be like, maybe tone it down a bit. <laughs> like, it, there's a lot of actoring going on in it. it it's, Go bigger! I, I'm dying to see the film. Like, is this just like a kind of one clip out, you know, out of context? Or is this actually, you know, she's torn it up to 11 the whole way through? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about it now. It's because, but that's the thing. She's really like piqued everybody's interest about it so i'd say the film itself will probably do very well once it does reach um reach the european shores okay so decision time who is gonna win and who do you think should win um can i say kate and michelle for both answers it's (laughs) it's, they both are deserving but it's definitely going to be one of the two of them Okay. I, I literally can't I'm pick the splinters here. out of your ass and get off the fence and pick one <laughs> <laughs> you leave my ass out of this <laughs> not, not nominated this year <laughs> <laughs> some year maybe <laughs> God, I'm going to push you here because I, I need to have your answer so I can come back with, after the award show and, and show you how many you've got wrong who do you uh, think's going to uh... win it yo oh I'm going to say it I'm going to say yo and you think she should win as well yeah Interesting. I'm going to say Kate Blanchett will win, and I think Michelle Yeoh should win. So cool. yeah, a bit, a bit of derision. <laughs> I just, I just feel like there's so much. It's like the Kate Blanchett Tara thing just seems like even people who haven't seen it are going to vote for it just because. Oh yeah, that seems to be the way the wind is blown. It's just, it just seems like one of those award performances that has so much momentum behind it that people oh, are just going to vote also, for it for the sake of doing it. But I also think that people might also do the opposite and they'd be like, Asher, everyone's going to vote for her, so I'll vote for Michelle. It would be hilarious if Anna Aramis wins it now. <laughs> it's just Colin Farrell who vote on your piece. <laughs> Colin, if you're listening, I don't apologise. You know damn well that's what you're doing. <laughs> so on to the next category now, the, the best actor one. This is one that has shifted substantially, so I'll just read through the, the nominees here. So we've got Austin Butler for Elvis, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inishirin, Bill Nye for Living, and Paul Meskel for Aftersun. Very surprised to see Paul Meskel get the nomination, I have to say. I don't think, is, is Aftersun nominated for anything else other than that? No, it's not. And like, as much as I'm surprised, I'm thrilled because I do think that he was deserving of it and I'm glad that it was getting the recognition that it deserved in that way um, he is just on an absolute roll um, Streetcar Named Desire is just apparently the hottest ticket in town on Broadway at the moment with every celeb like begging for tickets to go see him um, he's also I think after being nominated for an Olivier Award which I need to double check <laughs> the rules because I didn't think you could be nominated for an Olivier Award unless your show has already been on the West End and Streetcar is doing a two-week run in the West End at the end of March, but it hasn't started yet. You are a stickler for the rules. I really thought for a second there you were just being really pretentious about how you're pronouncing your own name. Oh. <laughs> no, Olivier I'm a... Fahey will be joining us. I'm, I'm, I'm Olivia. <laughs> They're the Oliviers. <laughs> but again, talk about momentum. He seems like someone who's just, you know, he's been cast in, in Gladiator 2 as well. Somebody who just has that star quality that is about to take off kind of the way we saw with um with Colin Farrell when he was in Tigerland just be, mm. you know this is somebody who was just on the cusp of becoming a superstar honest to god and it's so wonderful to see because he's a very talented young man and 
as much as he sometimes looks a bit like a deer in the headlights when people are screaming his name on the red carpet. Um, I think that, yeah, the the only way is up for him, really. Um, it's going to be a really interesting couple of years because he also has um, Carmen is coming out. So we get to hear a bit of his, his singing voice as well soon. I think he's going to kind of go the the early Colin Farrell, that kind of, I think he's going to be a movie star. And I think Barry Keown's going to be an actor. So I see Paul Meskell being kind of early 2000s Colin Farrell and Barry Keown's going to go the kind of Daniel Day-Lewis route. And they'll converge that way. I think Paul Meskell's going to be, you know, the red car for the chat shows. I think he's going to be worse. I don't think Barry is as comfortable with that. He's got that kind of quirky character actor thing going from. I just think, especially depending on how Gladiator 2 works out, he is going to be an absolute superstar. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the deciding factor for him, is that if Gladiator 2 does well in terms of a filming experience and in the box office, then he may or may not be more inclined to take roles of the, of that nature. I think he is still kind of, he favours more the theatre and that kind of like more indie roles. Um, again, I've nothing to base this on, it's just from <laughs> observing. Um, so yeah, I'd be interested to see what what choices he's going to make over the next few years and actually the same with Barry Kogan as well because like he has um of course uh, the the Batman hopefully he'll be returning at some point with to Matt Reeves franchise with the Batman um the Eternal sequel ho- hopefully he'll be returning for Eternals <laughs> which you know a lot of people were saying that between himself and Lauren Ridloff they were like their favorite characters in the in the film so we'd, I'd love to see more of the two of them and what they I laughed when I said Eternal sequel but I actually really like that I thought that was something kind of different that Marvel were doing. That they, and then they've just fallen into completely formulaic again now. Yeah, I think Eternals is probably because it was the top streamed film, not just on Disney Plus. It was the top streamed film of 2022. So also starring clearly, Oscar nominee Brian Tree Henry. Exactly. So that's why I'm kind of like, I think there are more people out there who do enjoy it <laughs> than are willing to admit because so the people who really who don't like it are very like passionately like don't like it. Um, I per- I personally thought it was lovely. I, I like the way that uh, Chloe Zhao filmed it. I thought it was really like beautiful to watch. And in terms of the film itself, look, it, I will say it wasn't perfect storyline wise. But for what it, the impact it's going to have, I think, on the future of the MCU, I think it's going to be very important going down the line. Yeah, they seem to slightly abandon that as well. It's like, oh, the Celestial is sticking out and here's where we're going. And they just haven't mentioned it at all since. Just going back briefly to After Sun here. Frankie Carrillo, I'm very surprised. If you're, if you're nominating Paul Mescal, I feel you have to nominate her. I thought she was, it's, it's a real two-header. I thought she was incredible. Like, this was a real, oh my God, I, I'm, I'm buying stock in her now because she is going to be something special. Well, something that we're seeing less and less in um, the Oscars is nominating child actors for the big roles. So unless it's something like, uh, wasn't Jacob Tremblay? I have probably butchered his surname, Trembelli or Trembley? Yeah, for was, Wonder. For Room, was he? Room, sorry, no, I was going to say Wonder. <laughs> wasn't he nominated for that? Yeah, I think he was. I think he was the last kind of young, like really young actor that earned a nomination and for that role, you're kind of like, yes, that was something that was deeply impactful. After Sun, it just didn't sing the same way, if that makes sense. It it hits hard, but I just don't think it had the same tone. So I'd say, like, because people are trying to err on the side of caution about nominating child actors for roles like these, or for, yeah, for performances and things like that in, uh, for award shows, um, I think that, that maybe where their mind was um because there's a lot more protections in place for for child actors because when you are nominated so young it does tend to be quite a, a difficult thing for ch- children to get their head around so because it, it literally you go from zero to 90 um in terms of your career so i'd say maybe people were sort of conscious of that the fact that she is so young um but then again they just may have been like ah, we will just go for paul yeah, because there was a coda, which I'm sure everyone remembers, won Best Picture last year. Yeah. I don't think that the, was Emma Jones or Emily, uh, Amelia Jones, she wasn't nominated, I don't think, was she? No, I don't think so. Would that be something you'd be interested in, a child Best Actor Oscar? I think that maybe they should, because the roles of child actors have changed a lot, and a lot of the storylines demand more from them, and I think that should be recognised. Um, but at the same time, you also want to make sure that the kids don't get overwhelmed by 
the whole shebang um, because it is overwhelming. It's overwhelming for adults. So it's natural to, for it to be like overwhelming for kids. Like there's so many child stars who have been talking about the impact Hollywood has had on their personal lives and their health and all sorts of things that, you know, I think people are just unwilling to do that still for children. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do go down that road because of course there's so many talks about what ways to to rejig the categories um like should there be just a, a transgender category and things like that and i personally just think it's like if someone is identifying as a woman just nominate them as a woman like that that would be my 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 hot take on that um but you know if there was a transgender category and the community were happy with that then you know that's that's their choice really do you think there should be a def- like a difference between like it should be best actor best actress you think there should just be you know a, a best you know performance category or do you think that will kind of one i think that will end up people will be making films to pander to that and i think we'll end up seeing even less kind of female-led films i think even with, with directors like six percent of you know films in the last five years have been directed by women i think less than 20 percent are female-led do you think that would have a negative effect or a positive effect if we were to merge the categories it's really hard to say because even now with director being a a, a mixed gendered, shall we say, um, category, there, as you were saying, there is still that thing of like hardly any women ever get nominated in it. Um, so you do run the risk of if it's just a best performance, male, female, everything else <laughs> in between, you know, you do kind of, you do run that risk. I, there are... Oh, we're getting real deep here, aren't we? Um, (laughs) There are gender quotas and, you know, uh, diversity quotas and things like that. Those things exist purely because nothing was being done about it without them. Um, So to make sure that everybody is honoured equally, then these are the things that were brought in, um, both in the workplace and, you know, in, in these awards shows. So I would actually say that maybe they should be splitting the director's category to male female or you know another variation kind of thing um as opposed to trying to amalgamate everything else um because clearly hollywood is still learning how to be more diverse and how to represent everybody um and it's just not there yet and i think until it's there then you're not going to be able to have accurate representation or you know deserving winners um until that happens. Because I think there is that thing, like there is an, I don't think you can hide behind the excuse, oh, it's a, it's a commerce thing. Like most of, I think, was, was it four of the last five or something, highest grossing movies are female-led. Like you had the likes of, you know, Wonder Woman, Frozen, Beauty and the Beast, Miss Marvel, things, or Captain Marvel, sorry. Like there is an audience there and they do make money. So I think you can't hide behind that argument anymore. I think it is just a case of, well, this is how we've always done things. This is how we're going to keep doing things. Yeah, and people are waking up to it for sure. Like Michelle Yeoh saying that she was really surprised that she was—I um, can't remember—if she was one of the, she was like the first um, Asian actress to be nominated in however many years, or maybe it was like mm. one of the ones that she won. Um, I can't remember the exact um, instance where the phrase was uttered, but yeah, like that's insane because there have been other, you know, popular Asian actresses over the years, and it's surprising that they just didn't get the same recognition that she's getting now. And even then she was told that she'd reached a certain age and her career was over. Yep. And I think the, the, the key to that is making a good film as opposed to kind of force. And like, we had that trailer for, for Peter Pan and Wendy. And there's that moment in it where he's like, I lost boys, but you're not all boys. And like, I know we're tough women. I like, just, you're shoehorning in. And then you have something like everything everywhere all at once that is, you know, predominantly female led. And it's just a good film. And at no point are they, you know, saying, you know, this is good because there's women. It's just a good film. Yeah, exactly. You just, you need to not look at the gender and just look at the film and the performances overall and not just be like, oh, I don't like that because it's all women. It's like, it could still be good. This is a nice kind of diversity thing where we were talking about best actor and just went on a complete tangent about women in Hollywood. So this I is know, like, yeah. look at us go. <laughs> we should probably get back to the Draw boys. back slightly. <laughs> This was Brendan Fraser's category to lose up until a couple of weeks ago. And then I, I think what really hurt Brendan Fraser is the film came out and everybody saw it and kind of went, yeah, no, that, that's that's okay. What did I you hate... think of his performance? Did you... Oh, you hate the film? Um, I don't hate the film. I just couldn't 
started. I got maybe, you've seen it, have you? Yes, I have. So I got maybe as far as the moment where the guy comes into the house and goes, are you okay? Are you having a heart attack? And I had to turn it off because I was just like, I can't. I'm not spoiling it for anyone, but you should be prepared because that opening scene really took me by surprise. And I just went, yeah, maybe this isn't the film I'm in the mood for right now. So (laughs) I had to stop. Um, Yeah, it's it's can't. I just can't comment on it now. (laughs) I just, yeah, exactly. I think there is historically, it's actually, I would say maybe more so in the male categories than in the female categories, where the winner ends up winning for a role that yes they are brilliant in um but maybe not for the film because the film has been terrible like let's face it um Rami Malek winning for uh, Bohemian Rhapsody like Bohemian Rhapsody was terrible but he was spectacular um so yeah i think he does still stand a chance and i do think that the the comeback tale i think will be probably more powerful than the film itself in terms of swaying people to vote he's campaigned very very well and you know i think that's gonna stand to him and it, it's the the fat suit it's just you know, it, it's a good performance but i don't think it's as good as everyone kind of you know we were hearing that buzz before and this is like this is going to change acting for a while you see brendan Fraser in the way i was like yeah no it's, it's a good prosthetic performance i think he's good in it but i don't think it's the you know the be all and end all Again, I think it could be the surprise factor because it's a role that you wouldn't have expected from him and it's a performance you wouldn't have expected from him because he was notoriously the the funny guy, the goofy guy, the the one that likes to make all the jokes. And, you know, in this, he certainly is not that. And I think because he did such a good job at it, everyone kind of went, oh, wow, like he is coming back with a vengeance and they wanted to reward that. And, I, and in fairness, like, Again, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on how good it is. But, you know, I, I don't see that much of a problem with it if it is, you know, still a good good enough performance to warrant being in the top five of the year. His main competition looks to be Austin Butler for Elvis. Um, it, he's The fact he's not dropping the voice is kind of ruining this for me. But I will say, I thought he was spectacular in this. Again, we're talking about the Bohemian Rhapsody thing of a great performance in a terrible film. And I think for someone like Elvis, it'd be so easy to do an impression of, you know, the the cliche of the superstar to kind of do like the SNL, really play up that. I thought he played Elvis as a character really, really well. It wasn't, you know, there was more to it than just, you know, the, the showman. And I think that was a really, really difficult thing to do for someone that's such a an icon. You could have fallen into to that trap. And I thought he was absolutely brilliant in this. It's probably one of the few things we're going to agree on today. But I completely am 100% on board with what, everything you just said. I walked out of that and I said, that's an Oscar, like an Oscar nomination performance in a turd. Yeah. <laughs> I did, and he got I did no support. Like, like you would think, you know, you're in a film with Tom Hanks. You think, okay, oh, you know, like, catch me if you can elevate like Leonardo DiCaprio had that in Gangs like that kind of elevated him like working with an A-list or like that Tom Hanks takes away from him at every turn this is the, I think the first time I've probably said Tom Hanks is atrocious in that film he's playing that the, the guy from the raccoons the kind of <laughs> he is ghastly in it and I think for him to overshadow such a terrible performance from Tom Hanks as well I think that just adds another string to it. And the fact that it's in such a bad film as well. And yeah, he like elevates was, that as well. I was so delighted when Baz Luhrmann was not nominated for Best Director because I thought he did a not so great job overall. Um, I'm a massive fan of Baz Luhrmann. I think he's a brilliant director. This was not it. This was kind of lazy in parts. And especially like I've said this a few times when I'm talking about the film, but I stand by it. He used the same shot a number of times, that swooping kind of digital all over through the strip of Las Vegas into the hotel room. That's used about six times in the last 20 minutes of the film. That's lazy filmmaking. It doesn't deserve to be rewarded for that. It makes me mad. Um, But Austin Butler, I would sing his praises all day, every day. But I will say the fact that I, I understand as someone whose accent changes depending on who she's talking to, <laughs> No, honest to God, like you've seen me standing next to an American and my twang just comes right back out. But it also happens with like 
Australians or British people and all this as well. I can't control it. Once people say it to me, I actively have to like concentrate to make sure that my accent doesn't do that because I don't want people to think that I'm just mimicking them. It's a apparently just a musical ear thing that you just adapt to. And if he stayed speaking like Elvis for the whole time that he was in lockdown, I can understand how difficult it is to then drop it and because he would probably have to just really focus on not speaking that way anymore and that does take time but it is getting on my wick <laughs> i will openly say it's getting on my wick <laughs> i just one other thing about the elvis film that really really annoyed me is like you have elvis you know the icon one of the greatest mu- uh, music catalogs of all time and you think you need to add doja cat to elvis <laughs> songs yeah no uh, the other nominee here that I think could be in with a fighting chance, our own Colin Farrell. He, uh, he, was it a BAFTA he won recently? Was it a BAFTA or a Golden Globe? He won the Golden Globe. Golden Globe. What do you reckon his chances are in the night? Still pretty good, you know. And that's the thing. Like, we can't, as much as we're probably talking more so about some of the other actors that are nominated in all these categories, I don't think we can really discount the power of the Irish in America. You know, like... Mm. This is the most nominations Ireland has received ever, um, with 14, I think. Banshee's uh, pulling in nine of those. It's a spectacular accomplishment, and Americans love Irish people. Like This is coming from someone who worked in Guinness, and the amount of times that you'd have someone <laughs> coming in being just like, my great, 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 great granddad, and I'm like, if you have to add grace to that, you're too watered down, get out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it. I think that people have become so attached to the performance and to the film that they might just decide, do you know what? That to me was the best. And again, if he was to win, I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be disappointed. I, I think he's got more of a chance than people are letting on. Like I, like you said, I wouldn't be shocked to hear his name. I think, and I think he's campaigned really well. And there's a great um, uh, Hollywood, I think it's Hollywood Reporter, the round table they do with all the actors. And there's this great moment where he starts talking to Austin Butler. And he's like, Colin Farrell is like the old hand in Hollywood now. And he's like, enjoy it. He says, everyone's going to tell you, Greg. He goes, enjoy that. He goes, because I guarantee it mightn't be the next one, might be the one after. They will tell you you are awful and you'll believe them. So mm-hmm. believe them now when they're telling you it's good. Enjoy I, it. It's supposed I, to be fun. And I thought I that was just came, a really lovely thing. Yeah, he came across so lovely in, in, that, in that interview segment. And he was so raw and just so natural with all of them like a lot of them were kind of like sitting back and being like oh I can't like just jokingly say it's like oh I agree or oh yeah that's Mm -hmm. great or like there wasn't really any conversing between them all they were all just like I'm being asked a question and then I'm going to answer and then you're going to get asked a question and then you can speak and then Colin just starts interjecting left right and center and then they're all like oh okay we can do that (laughs) all right and then they all just started chatting and you're like that he just made everybody much more at ease and people like that about him and he was very honest about saying that for a while he was just sort of taking every job that he could get and then after Alexander flopped which nobody expected it to um, when they were making it he then had to decide in himself he's like I need to be more selective about these roles and when you think about it yeah since then he probably has had a more impactful career um, than beforehand. I love it was just that the I don't know, maybe it's an Irish thing if you've got that kind of imposter syndrome all the time, but like him talking to like Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler and talking, oh yeah, Happy Gilmore and the mummy and this. And the two of them are kind of like, this is supposed to be, we were all kind of poncy and talking about our process. And he's like, oh yeah, no, Happy Gilmore. I love that film. <laughs> like, he just seems like someone who was snuck onto the table and isn't supposed to be there. Well, Yeah, he was like, just fanboying out. It was so cute. <laughs> so I got to ask you now, who do you think will win and who do you hope will win? Or who do you think should win rather? I do still think Brendan Fraser will win. And I think, oh, I think Austin Butler should win. I'm surprised you didn't go far. You're usually I home was team. so I was so close, but it there's just something about that Elvis performance that it just did it for me. I just thought it was really good. I think he will win it, and I think he should win it as well. As much as I love Colin Farrell, I, I just think Austin Butler's was absolutely spectacular performance. Which lead us on now to Best Director. Uh, the nominees are Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schauhart for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Spielberg for The Fablements. I like the way you just say Spielberg. You don't even need to say his first name. Yeah, which I love how you just said Spielberg, but then you didn't just say The Daniels for <laughs> <laughs> E-E-A-O. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I just remember being like I had like three films when I was a kid growing up, and I was like Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T. and Jaws. And oh, I just wow, assumed it was just a Spielberg fest. <laughs> I just assumed he directed every. You know, if you were making a film, he was the guy who makes <laughs> films. Martin McDonough for Banshees of Inisherin, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Ostel for Triangle of Sadness. How in the name of God is that in there? We'll get the best picture on that as well. Like that. That's just to me mm. is, is bizarre. Spielberg again. This kind of has the bang of you know the the career. I know he's won before, but it just feels like that could be the one to sneak in there. McDonough is you know he he's won before. Was it for three billboard? Not three. Yeah, three billboards. He's won mm-hmm. for. But this this does feel like you know like you said the, the Daniels to lose. Oh, did he win best director or just best screenplay for billboards? I don't remember now. I think you screenplay. I think you're absolutely right. Again, my Oscars knowledge. Now he may have won no. both, but I just. I don't remember him winning director. I'd actually, no, what happened was, I don't think he was nominated for director and everyone was giving out yards about it. Was that what it was? This is why I need you on my pub quiz team. <laughs> a sentence many people say. I do love a good <laughs> pub quiz, by the way. I absolutely adore them. Um, I, yeah, so this category, I would say is probably the, one of the bigger slam dunks. And now that I've said that, he's not going to win. Um, but I do think uh, Spielberg, will walk away with the the accolade at the end of the day um he didn't win was... for he didn't win for a screenplay he was nominated but didn't win oh mcdonough yeah he's, he's only ever won for best live action short really i am can this is like mandela effect i have it in my i can see but, him holding the oscar but didn't but didn't um didn't three billboards win best picture and then it or was it beaten that year jesus i can't remember now did it win this picture? And this is where we need to get the Wikipedia page open. Yeah. Good luck to you editing this out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, Francis McDormand. No, didn't win Best Picture. What won Best Picture that year? I don't even remember what it the was. The Shape of Water. Oh. Oh, yes. And uh, Guillermo won Best Director. That is correct. Yeah, there we go. It's all coming back to me now. Well, I have it in my head him holding the Oscar. It was like Sam Rockwell won Best Supporting Actor, but maybe he was did, just did, he, Sam's. did he steal one? <laughs> <laughs> maybe he just yeah, maybe he just held on to Sam's for or um uh yeah, one of the two support. That, that was it. It's weird. Well, there you go. I was so convinced this... he had the either director or screenplay. Well, he should win for screenplay <laughs> at this one. He's won the screenplay award for every single award so far. Um, so I'd be very surprised if he doesn't at least get one Oscar at this. Um, <laughs> People will be saying, I'm not voting. He's not winning it again this year. <laughs> oh, just to be mean. like <laughs> Forgetting um, that he hasn't actually won it. I know. Jeez. That's so surprising. I'm actually shocked at that. I was con- I was also convinced that he had at least one Oscar. Um, but yeah, I think he's the person that should win. I thought the way that he created... Banshees of Inisherin was absolutely spectacular. I actually got to say it to him that it seems that Irish people just trust him with our heritage, uh, per se. Um, even though like he is <clears throat> technically a Brit, but also technically Irish, <laughs> and we will uh, take that to our graves to be like he is Irish, he is ours. Um, and he kind of, I think he also he feels more connected to his Irish roots, anyways. But um, yeah, and he he remembers a time when Irish people weren't mad at what he was doing with the. Uh, being Irish and Irishisms and all that. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that this is the film that Wild Mountain Time thought it was. <laughs> and he it is just executed so beautifully that I think he is the one that definitely, definitely should win it. But I think Spielberg's going to. And it's good. I like the Fablemans a lot. Um, but I just thought Banshees was better. Re- you think Spielberg's going to take it, do you? Yeah, I do. And I think it's just that legacy effect again. Like, it's just, I think people are in America, especially, are just feeling things from the Fablemans that may, people may not be feeling for um, Banshees. Because, like, even if you do have Irish heritage, you, you probably would feel some sort of a kinship to um, Banshees. But everybody in Hollywood is going to understand the kinship to Fablemans. 
every single person that is in that academy voting for these films and these directors and performances and special effects, all that type of stuff, they're all going to be able to find something in that film that they can relate to. And that's why I think Spielberg's probably going to get director and then we'll get on to Best Picture now in a minute. Yeah, Hollywood loves films about Hollywood and, and you know, ticking Spielberg on the box is an easy one to make. So you're picking Spielberg, but you think, if I got you right there, you think McDonough should win. Yeah, I think McDonough should win, but I think Spielberg will. I think the two Daniels are going to win. I think everything everywhere all at once is going to get the... I think the momentum is going to be with that, and I think they might get that. And I'll agree with you. I think McDonough should win. Look at us agreeing on something. <laughs> so the the big one of the night. So we'll go through the, the best picture nominees. Everything everywhere all at once. The Fablemans. Banshees of Inisherin. Tar. All Quiet on the Western Front. Elvis. Triangle of Sadness. Top Gun Maverick. Women Talking and Avatar The Way of Water for some reason. <laughs> I was actually going to say, like, which of those films do you think shouldn't have deserved a nomination? Because I know what the answer will be. <laughs> this is one of the ones where you're like, okay, maybe we should just stick to five nominations for this year. Not every year needs to be ten because Women Talking, Avatar, Triangle of Sadness, Elvis sh- should not be on that list. Hmm. What about yeah, you? What, what would you take out there if we were doing a, a round robin? Well, hilariously, I actually thought that there was eight films going to be nominated. So when it came out at, what is it, 10? Yep. Um, yeah, I was missing Tar and Triangle of Sadness. I wouldn't have had them in there at all. Um, now, I haven't seen Triangle of Sadness, but I thought Tar was shite. Um, <laughs> I mean, I thought Tar was beep. <laughs> Scrap the pie, um, you can swear away. Um, I, as much as Avatar storyline wise and all that jazz it's like okay yes there were times where i was like oh, okay hurry this along like we don't need to see the whale twirling in the the water again um i know it's not actually a whale i just can't think of mm. what it was called in the film um but it Nonsense. was visually Nonsense spectacular was and i'm just like yeah okay i i can understand why it's being rewarded for the technical achievement and accomplishment that it has um it won't win it it doesn't have a, a chance of winning all Quiet on the Western Front, that could be a game changer. I think a lot of people have underestimated it in terms of prior award ceremonies until it just swept the boards at the BAFTAs. So that could play in its favour. Everything Everywhere All at Once, of course, everyone's loving it. The Fablemans, Banshees, Top Gun Maverick is another darling. Um, yeah, I'd say Women Talking, Elvis, Tar, Triangle of Sadness, they'd be four that I would definitely take out. And I couldn't tell you which other one I would. I, I do think Avatar kind of deserves the nod a little bit, but yeah, it might be probably the the latter end of that scale. It would be sixth. Yeah, Avatar was on my like, worst of the year. I thought that it was a penance to sit through. I think yeah, All Quiet on the Western Front will split because that's nominated for Best International as well. I think it'll, it'll win that category. I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think Colin Keown will win that. I think it'll might split the vote and won't do well here. Actually, yeah, we forgot to mention um, international feature with on on Colleen Kuhn. Um, like we've so much love for that film. Uh, unfortunately, it's just up against this absolute juggernaut. Again, people might feel the connection and the kinship to a film that's in the Irish language and want to give it the vote. And if it won, it would be thoroughly deserving of it. All Quiet on the Western Front, though. Oh, it, that is just an Oscar film in the making. I'm. I think Banshees might win. I think everything, I think you need to think of who is voting here. I think a lot of the Academy are still these dusty old bastards and you're doing a kind of a, a multiverse film about, you know, essentially about a, a mother and a daughter's relationship and about a, a marriage falling apart told by um, rocks with googly eyes. I think that might be too weird for some of them. And I think Banshees might be the one where everyone goes, yeah, no, we can agree with that. This is, this is a good old, you know, old school John Ford proper film. I yeah. think Banshees is going to win. I so I'm um, no, I still think the Fablemans is going to win. I think the Fablemans will win purely for previous things that I've said already on this uh, chat. That it's just more people are going to feel that kinship to it than Banshees. But again, they they could surprise us. Um, I think if All Quiet on the Western Front wins Best International Film. I would nearly say that's going to rule it out for this because I don't think it does have the legs to stand against the three other films that are probably the the, the far away favourites to win it. Um, 
again, everything at where everywhere all at once. People could have just decided that they really liked the quirkiness of it, but again, I don't think it's going to be the best picture winning, darling. It is between Banshees and Fablemans for the win. I think Fablemans will take it, but I think Banshees should. Again, momentum, an awful lot to deal with it. Like if everything everywhere wants could sweep everything or, or go home with nothing. I just think, I think Banshees is the kind of film, like you said, I think that, that the whole tour allure of it will go into it. And I think it will be a weird one because I think it'll win the biggest award of the night. And I think maybe one other award for, for screenplay. I just, I just have a feeling that's going to be the ones there. I don't think Fabermans has the, the momentum for that. I think Spielberg, <clears throat> pardon me, might get the director now just because he's Steven Spielberg. I just can see it. This is this is the one. If I was putting the bet on the dark horse one, Banshees of Inisherin for best picture would be my one. I actually, while I was, because uh, I suffer with insomnia, and while I was half asleep trying to get to bed one night, I actually put a few bets on. <laughs> <laughs> on my through my phone i only realized when i woke up the next day i was like oh no little flutters like 50 cent, <laughs> 50 cent a bet um but like apparently i went all, like gung-ho and all the the irish nominees <laughs> i was just like well clearly you know my subconscious wants to go with the home crowd um so like my heart is with ireland my brain is kind of like nah, hollywood just love wanking each other off so <laughs> <laughs> to be blunt <laughs> yeah very very blunt although part of me would love the absolute chaos if like Top Gun or Avatar won best picture just oh uh, actually if Top Gun won I don't think anyone would actually be mad I think everybody would probably like on their feet being like yeah um I'd be kind of just like nah <laughs> Banshees is better um but yeah, I want it... Top Gun to win just to see Tom Cruise. Like, if you handed Tom Cruise a Best Picture Oscar, he <laughs> will like forget jumping on the couch at Oprah. Like this, will, he will do something more mental than Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Like he will, you know, explode the arena or like you know just jump off the roof of the was it the Kodak Center with no maybe, parachute. Maybe that's a, oh, not the code. It's the Dolby. Theater. Oh, Dolby. Sorry. Yeah. God, Andy, get it right. <laughs> I'm um... testing your trivia. <laughs> I've actually been in the Dolby Theater. It was lovely. Um, but it's, uh, I would actually say that maybe that's why they've got so much extra security <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they're like, oh, just to make sure like the Will, the Will Smith thing doesn't happen again. We've got extra security and plans in place and yada, 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 yada. I'm like, no, no, that security is in there because they think Tom Cruise is going to win. He's going to do something mental. I can't believe they've actually got, what was the incident response squad now? Like, like what did they think they were going to do? Like nobody, when you saw Will Smith walking up there was saying, like, if you paused it and then, you know, go back to question of sport and said, what's going to happen next? No one would have banked on like him slapping Chris Rock in the face. So I don't know what a, an instant support team is going to do here, especially after Tom Cruise. You're not stopping Tom Cruise. Because I, of course, was covering it for Geek Ireland. And I was chatting away with one of the other girls from one of the sister sites who, who was also doing the overnight shift. And we were chatting away being like, geez, like, there's not really anything that's standing out. And then both of us at the same time just went, did, uh, hmm, did Will Smith just slap Chris Rock? Yeah, I think he just did. Holy crap. And it's like everything just went crazy afterwards and look we can all say what we think the academy awards academy of awards academy awards Mm. should have done in that situation but because everyone was in such a state of shock i don't think anybody really knew what to do and because then of course they knew that he was up for one of the big awards on the night and likely to win and did win they probably just went into absolute panic mode and your brain just doesn't work properly when it's in panic mode. So I completely understand why they probably feel the need to do these, have like the incident response unit now, um, just in case, because they probably never thought in a million years that one of their highly decorated and Hollywood, you know, massive A-lister, Hollywood icon nearly at this stage, would have behaved in such a manner so like it's supposed to be the classy awards it's like the golden globes you get everybody like absolutely pissed off their tits but this is the one where everyone is kind of respectable (laughs) but not 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 will smith not at all i like that they've had these like two massive like the oscars yeah yeah for and then the last couple of years they've had these two mental moments like i remember my my missus was watching she came and she's like uh chris rock just got slapped by will smith and i was like what what, what that sentence doesn't make sense what do you mean I was like, you went on the stage and slapped him. I was like, well, as a, as a bit? Like, what, what, what do you mean? He goes, no, I think it was serious. Like, but, I think and everyone actually... did think it was a bit at first. They weren't sure whether that wasn't um, part of the, the joke because Chris Rock was kind of smiling nervously afterwards to be like, I believe you just did that. And Will was kind of like smirking and laughing as well as he went back to take a seat. But then he started shouting back at him. And then everyone kind of went, oh, oh, maybe this isn't a funny joke. 
I'm dying to see Chris Rock special because there's that moment just after Will Smith slaps him where Chris Rock, you can see he has a comeback ready to go and he's like, oh, I could. And he just shakes his head like, you know, he's like, I could absolutely slate you here, but I'm not. Yeah, I and could I'm, destroy I think he you is with going one word. <laughs> eviscerate him in the special. I hope he does. I think that would just be hilarious. I, I I'd say he might not. He might just give it one sentence and then be like moving right along. I I don't know if he's going to address it. Marilyn Waynes, who has no connection to any of this, just released an hour special about that. Really? Yeah, the the guy from what Little Man and Scary Movie. Yeah. This is like a week before Chris Rock's special comes out. And I was like, this is the. What connection are you to this? So if you're stuck for your your Chris Rock, Will Smith Oscar fix, Marlon Wayans apparently has you covered. So, Olivia, best picture, who's going to win and who do you think should win? Uh, I'm going to speak very quickly because everything's about to die on me, so I don't want to get cut off from this call. (laughs) But um, I think Fablemans will win. I think Banshees should. I think everything will win. I'm sorry, I think Banshees will win. I think everything, everywhere, all at once should win. I, I it's close between the two, but that I think was my favorite film of the year. Olivia Fahey, thank you so much for going through all this. I'm looking forward to talking to you in a couple of weeks when we go through and realize how wrong you were about absolutely everything. And uh, you will no I, longer be the, the Oscar fountain of knowledge. I look forward to proving you wrong and being just like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm getting my boasting in now before the facts, you know, <laughs> come crashing down on top of me. Olivia Fahey, a gig girl, thank you so, so much for joining us. Really looking forward to Oscar night, March 12th, Sunday. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating with a, a few Irish Oscar wins. to the start.